welcome back to Ultiversal Q, your guide to the Ultimate Universe. Now in podcast form. I'm Luke. And I'm Devin. And this week, we're talking about... Some Spider-Man. And some Ultimates. And some Avengers. Uh, specifically, we are talking about Ultimate Comics, Spider-Man and Ultimate Avengers versus New Ultimates affectionately not really affectionately titled but uh death of spider-man correct because it's it's one of those stories where it's two separate series that are very different they do have like a moment of crossover though like explicit crossover and then they sort of spin off in their own very weird directions but we're going to be treating it as one story and this also comes back to what we were talking about last week of did Bendis just, like, decide to do this last minute, which I feel like the answer to that is very much a yes. Yeah, part of it feels more like it was driven by Mark Millar being like, Hey, it's me, Mark Millar. I want to go write my own stories with my own characters so I can make them into movies. And I can also make it so that there's multiple year gaps between issues coming out. Hell yeah. And every time it's like, yes, Mark Millar, please punish me. So you're like Frank Castle? No. There's the part where... I, I, I know, Luke. Okay. Uh, but yeah, this is Mark Millar's last ride in the Ultimate Universe, and... And see, like, I, would I... Not, I would not say that it was pushed by Millar. I think it was Bendis and he used this as an excuse. I I think that Millar knew that he wasn't going to want to write this anymore and he needed to put a resolution to sort of this four-part story that he had with the Ultimate Avengers. I'm talking about more just for killing off Spider-Man. Oh, yeah, no, that was just him tossing in because I don't think he really cares about Spider-Man. Well, and I mean, he it's even like explicitly stated that like as we'll talk about here, that the bullet wound was clean. So just like, they were just gonna be like, okay, you're injured, and mm-hmm. that's that. Yeah, and then just shit keeps happening. But, uh, yeah, Ultimate Comics Spider-Man, numbers 156 through 160, was written by Brian Michael Bendis, with pencils by Mark Bagley, inks by Andy Lanning, with a last issue assist by Andrew Hennessy, Colors by Justin Ponsor, and letters by VCs Corey Petit and VCs Joe Sabino. While Ultimate Avengers vs. New Ultimates numbers 1 through 6 was written by Mark Millar, with pencils by Lionel Yu and Steven Segovia, with inks by Jerry Elanguilin, Jason Paz, Jeff Witt, and Lionel Yu also popping up just to do some inks on that last issue, mm-hmm. with colors by Sonny Goh and Jim Charlampatis. With letters by VCs Corey Petit. And I feel like we gotta kinda establish in case people are just jumping on to get into like, oh, I wanna hear these people talk about how Spider-Man died. Uh, Cause sort of over the past several arcs for this era, Carol Dandrews was put in charge of S.H.I.E.L.D. after Nick Fury was Ousted. involved with... Yeah, he got ousted for war crimes back during 
the very first what's his fucking name uh story with uh the squadron supreme and during the bush administration but it's fine because mm-hmm. he would have gotten off for it yeah but basically after spending a few years working with the squadron supreme in a series that we did not cover at all because it doesn't directly involve or get referenced in any of the ultimate universe stuff correct uh nick fury came back for ultimatum and was like hey i know all the secrets because i'm nick fury also i want to get back in charge so he got put in charge of the ultimate avengers which was essentially a hit squad for a superhero hit squad they did a few missions with a few different members including his ex-wife monica chang who nick fury is written as more of an asshole in the series especially when remember the part where it's like oh hey monica new black widow remember how nick fury slept with every woman in your life strategically literally getting that? everyone that you knew mm-hmm. good old jeff Loeb. yeah no i thought that was a Mila- that was a millar line was it yeah because that was in uh ultimate avengers one one or two okay i think it was two because that's where monica got a bit more characterization but yeah they've been raising a lot more questions about nick fury which i think is a reasonable thing Mm -hmm. because there is a cost to always being five steps ahead from people that there is and in the last one to kill off a bunch of vampires, Captain America used Mjolnir to teleport the Triskelion, Shield's island base that is normally outside of New York City, into the desert of Iran where they would all be killed by the sun, and Shield is trying to figure out what they're supposed to do. And now Bruce Banner is dead. Nerd Nerd Hulk is dead. Yeah. We don't really know where other Hulk is at this point. Yeah. Does he come back? He does, because I think he comes back as a villain. Okay. But that's that's going to be somewhere in the nebulous uh, post-Death of Spider-Man era, where I I remember, like, a few larger plot points, but a lot of it is very open. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Dr. Lang, who was one of the giant men who is now supposed to become the actual giant man, is trying to figure out what's going on, and he finds out that they have ten days to leave Iran before Iran gets really irate. And uh, the other big thing that happened is Tony Stark has a brain tumor that acted up at the end of the uh, third Ultimate Avengers series, and so Thor and... Tony, er, so Thor and Captain America go and take him to the hospital. And we also find out that Monica Chang, the new Black Widow and Fury's ex-wife, has a son that her mother-in-law uh, looks after. Or no, that <gasps> should just be her mother. Yeah. Yeah, that her mother is looking after, named Julius, who might be Nick Fury's son, but we don't really get a confirmation about that. And we never will. Yeah. Monica Chang is one of those characters who the ultimate version I was kind of ruined by Mark Millar in some ways. Mm-hmm. Like the way that she was introduced was, oh, we we just need a new 
Black Widow, and then the like six one six was like, hey, this is an interesting character. Let's just take uh, let's just take her, and then she got to be involved with Avengers AI. Yeah, I don't even remember her in that. She does a lot more stuff arguing for uh, ethical treatment of cybernetic life forms. Ah. So, at the hospital, Gregory Stark, who is Tony Stark's twin brother who was never previously mentioned before, and who is smarter than Tony and better than Tony in every way, uh, meets up with the Ultimates, and they're talking about how they need to move the Triskelion, and Carol Danvers is like, hey, uh, someone has stolen a bunch of information on producing super soldiers and passed it on to America's enemies, like China and Iran and North Korea. So they head over to Bulgaria and derail a train that is supposedly filled with a bunch of these super soldier secrets and some soldiers, and they find inside Mimic, who has the powers of all the Avengers, but he wasn't complete, and so he gets mercy killed. And Captain America Truth Serum's another person who he finds there, finds that all the other super soldiers that were on the train were going to China, and Shieldens. And S.H.I.E.L.D. is involved because Nick Fury is behind everything. <gasps> bum, bum, bum. And the Ultimates at this time are Captain America, Thor, sometimes Iron Man, but he's dealing with stuff. And I think that's... There's Black also... Wood and Monica Chang. And Dr. Lang. Yeah. And Carol Danvers shows up sometimes really... with a gun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is Carol's team, as opposed to the Avengers, which is Fury's team. Yeah. Fury, meanwhile, is, has been reaching out to all of his people, like the Punisher, who he's like, if you do another mission for me, I'll let you kill or torture everybody in San Quentin prison, and I'll give you the toys to do it. And he's like, hey, Blade, you want to go find that person, Deacon Frost, who killed your mama and made you a half-vampire? Well, I can do that. And Hawkeye's just like, yeah, I love to kill people, bro doesn't even need a good excuse yeah we're also getting an introduction so we find out that ultimate iron man the series at this point was just an animated series in universe for the best yeah yeah there is nothing valuable in the orson scott card series worth saving nope it was all bad yeah and so Fury and his team, which also includes War Machine, who we don't really have any information about him, especially since Ultimate Iron Man was invalidated. Yeah. Uh, they're tracking down... Well, Rhodey shows up every once in a while here and there. Yeah, but I mean, compared to even, like, the Falcon, where we got a bunch of, like, character moments for him, War Machine is, he uses guns and he's hard to kill. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, they are tracking down a deal where the first Hulk, Tyrone Cash, uh, who was Bruce Banner's teacher and who now works as a uh, drug, Lord of some drug sort. dealer. Yeah, uh, he is now also trying to sell superpowers to the Chinese, but the Ultimate Avengers interrupt the deal. And he ends up uh, fighting the team until Blade shows up and hypnotizes him into calming down and de-hulking. And he reveals that he is working for Carol Danvers, who is selling state, who is selling state secrets, and who wants to kill Nick Fury. 
And uh, yeah, so I I wish these first two issues had been more interspliced together. Uh-huh. So it's like, okay, so Fury's team and Carol's team are both working, and then it's at the end of the second issue, both of them find out that uh, they think the other person is involved with this. Agreed. And yeah, it, it's a weird framing idea, but I also think it would have been a bit difficult to introduce everybody. Yeah, well, because otherwise, I mean, you pretty much would have had each character would have got, like, one page, and then the story would not have made any sense. Mm-hmm. Also, we get, like, a moment with Thor returning home, and Jane Foster is there. You've not seen Jane Foster before, have we? No. Yeah. Not as far as I know. Yeah, she's just a woman who Thor is sleeping with. But he wants... But he doesn't believe that Fury is selling out the country, but he thinks that, you know, America is always shitty, so he just needs to be around to keep an eye on them. Mm-hmm. And Tony Stark is like, all right, well, I'm doing chemo now, but I want to be Iron Man again. Hello, so, sexy babe nurses. Hello, nurse. Are you excited for the Animaniacs reboot? I guess. I have no idea what they're going to do because kids today have even less an idea about who stars from the 50s and 60s are. Yeah. Uh, Carol Danvers, meanwhile, sets off on a national manhunt for Nick Fury while Captain Britain is Iran trying to get the Triskelion to fly, which it was initially designed to, but they just ran out of money because it was before 9-11. So Fury shows up where Carol's having a meeting along with a shield and war machine, and Carol and Gregory Stark try and kill him. Carol's side is saved when Fury attacks back by Iron Man, and the battle spills out into the streets between the Ultimates and the Avengers, with Fury using the Punisher to keep a sniper trained on his back in case anything happens. Blade tries to capture Carol Danvers, but gets attacked by the Avengers in the streets. And there's just a lot of stuff going on that doesn't really matter as far as the battle goes. Nope. And we also find out that at the Triskelion, Norman Osborn is still alive and is in Carol Danvers' shield custody. Everybody else thinks that he was dead. Yep. And downtown, Peter and Mary Jane were having lunch when Captain America showed up slightly before this. It's one of those where the timing is kind of weird. Mm -hmm. uh, he showed up to take Peter for training. And so Peter and MJ share a kiss before he leaves. And, and, being, and Cap's being a dick about it. Yeah, Cap is just such a dick here. Uh, Dr. Leo's, uh, Dr. Leonard Sampson is sent in to try and talk to Osborne, who refuses to work with him and is like, yeah, I'm going to kill everybody. And Carol's like, all right, well, I guess we can finally just kill you or I, I assume that she was finally just going to kill him. And not that's what I assumed was going to happen, forever. too. Yeah, that's what I yeah it, it, it's just kind of ambiguous. And so Osborne turns into the Green Goblin, which nobody thought he was going to be able to do breaks out and releases Electro, Craven, Sandman, Vulture, and Doc Ock. And in the chaos, Electro is able boys to steal... Boys are back in town, boys. The boys back are back in town. I mean, you could also do the other Thin Lizzy song. Tonight there's going to be a jailbreak. That's fair. So Electro steals a helicopter because he was a helicopter pilot before and it never came up before. And they are able to escape. 
And at the training, Captain America's like, Spider-Man, I don't think you're a hero because you aren't responsible and mature enough. I Let voted me... to make you get benched, but Thor and Iron Man outvoted me. Now, let me get this call from other adult superheroes and find out what's going on. And that's when he finds out that, oh, yeah, not only did the Sinister Six escape, but also the Avengers have gone rogue and the Ultimates are being called in. And so he's like, Spider-Man, stay behind. And Spider-Man's like, I'm not going to do that. I'm a hero. Flip, flip, flip. And this is when Ben Ulrich captures footage that shows that Osborn is still alive. And I, good at his job. Yeah, I do kind of love that. It's, oh, six of the most deadly supervillains, most of which who tried to kill the President of the United States, mm -hmm. have escaped. The Ultimates are more concerned about another organization that is specifically fighting, or not even trying to fight. Fury tried to fight Carol Danvers. But yeah, it's it's just very bad organization right now. Mm-hmm. But also, Garrett Danvers has been kidnapped. So the six villains... But again, I, but again, it's, I think it's a... Bendish did this last second. Millar had been planning this for some time. Fair enough. Well, and it's a good way of explaining why the heroes aren't around to save Spider-Man. I suppose. So the six villains make a base where Osborn's like, all right, you know what we're going to do? God wants me to kill Peter Parker, so we're going to kill Peter Parker. And Spider-Man's like, well, I don't know where they are now, but MJ, get the fuck out. Just get the fuck out of here. And Doc Ock's like, actually, I smoked a bunch of weed in this joint, and I'm actually feeling very mellow right now and don't want to do that. I just want to go off and invent things. And Osborn's I'm Audi like, 5000. <laughs> And Osborn's like, hey, no you're not. You get to leave when I tell you to leave. And then murders him in the street. Yeah. After a Which, fun fight. Yeah, R.I.P. Doc Ock. You tried to be better. Because mm -hmm. Ock was also like, Peter's our biggest success. I don't understand why you want to kill him. Yep. And Peter, meanwhile, was able to call Aunt May and Gwen and be like, hey, get the hell out of the house. Get the hell out of the house. Get a, get out. And they leave a message for Johnny and Bobby who are not picking up their phones and who are not at the house. So Captain America, meanwhile, finds uh, Nick Fury and the Punisher calls for backup because he knows that Captain America is an asshole and also that Thor is going to be coming into fight. So the Punisher aims to shoot Captain America's kneecap Spider-Man sees Punisher aiming to shoot Captain America, swings in, and saves Captain America from being shot by taking a bullet in the side. So, the shot de-escalates the situation for a moment with Captain America being like, Oh no, Spider-Man, I've abandoned my child. I've abandoned my boy. And then Nick Fury's being like, oh no, Spider-Man, I've abandoned my child. I've also I've abandoned, abandoned my, my boy. <laughs> and then Punisher's like, oh no, I shot a child. Punish me. Daddy. And that's when a bunch of S.H.I.E.L.D. agents come down and shoot Fury and capture the Punisher, who's like, punish me. And they're like, fine. And Punisher's like, good. And the S.H.I.E.L.D. agents are like, great. 
and Captain America picks up Spider-Man to help evacuate him. And that's when a missile hits the bridge somehow, and everybody is sent into the water. As Thor arrives. Like, this part is the biggest crossover, and it's very unclear. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're only reading the Spider-Man side. Yes, which, I mean, I read the Ultimate Avengers versus New Ultimates, like, way later. Mm-hmm. And yes, it, it was mildly confusing as what the yeah, hell was going it on. Ends, yeah, it ends with Spider-Man being shot, and then the next issue is, oh, he's in a bunch of rubble now. How did that happen? Yo-ho-ho, the Punisher shot him. And then a missile hit the bridge. Meanwhile, the remaining members of the Sinister Six, there's no good way to just call them, like, the Five or anything. That the Fearsome is. Five, were. I guess. Uh, they track down the Tinkerer and are like, hey, give us technology or we're going to kill you. Blade, meanwhile, is still getting chased after he tried to capture Carol. And Iron Man shows up and knocks him out, but then when Carol is running across the street, she did not look both ways and gets hit by a police car. And that, kids, is why you should always make sure you take vehicle safety seriously. Also, all cops are bastards. Mm-hmm. And so that's when Dr. Scott Lang is like, yeah, I always thought these people knew what they were doing, but they all really suck. It's my first day on the job. I didn't even get to announce it because the Triskelion got sent to Iran because of vampires. Comics! Everyone loves some good old-fashioned comics. Yeah. So Spider-Man gets out of the rubble. And realizes that he is in danger, but he also can't go to the hospital because... Reasons? Yeah. It's it's not a really good reason. And then he's like, uh, well, I need to figure out what to do. And that's when he sees the Ferocious Five, the Fearsome Five, flying in the sky. And he's like, well, I'm back on my shit again. And that is when Johnny and Bobby have ones that can fly are, like, weird. Like, I we have Sandman flying now. I mean, sandstorms are a thing. I suppose, but he's never flown like that. It's a visual. Oh, but I do I, enjoy... Uh, Craven being carried. Yeah, Craven being carried duel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Going full guns akimbo. And so Johnny and Bobby head home and find Aunt May's note to get to a safe place. And when they go to head out the door, that is when the five appear. Johnny, Wait, But plans- you didn't say why they didn't answer their phone. Because they were on a double date. Mm -hmm. And Bobby ruined it for everyone. Bobby's too horny. He is. Bobby too horny. And Johnny can't take his phone because if he flames on it, melts. But speaking of Johnny flaming on, he flames on and is able to knock out the Green Goblin before Sandman douses him. Iceman tries to step up but gets knocked out before Spider-Man appears and he's like, Hey, Vulture, I'm going to web you. Spider-Man then explodes a fire hydrant knocking out Electro, Craven, and Sandman for a moment, but in the fight he loses his mask as an audience forms and he asks people to call 911. Unfortunately, Sandman and the Vulture get back up and threaten him in the crowd. Meanwhile, May and Gwen are driving... To get to safety when one of their neighbors calls and says that the villains are there killing Spider-Man. And they just wanted to make sure that they were not in the house. So while the crowd tries to protect Spider-Man, Vulture 
Sandman and Electro are arguing about who's going to kill him, with Electro winning the opportunity. But that is when Aunt May shows up and shoots up Electro with a gun! Blam, blam, blam. And she goes to check that the other boys are fine before the Green Goblin gets back up. MJ, meanwhile, is like, oh, uh, I'm seeing signs of battle. I should go out. And her mom's like, it's fine, MJ. You'll have one more day. Oh, so, oh, Mrs. Watson. Oh, yes, and the shot that kills Electro also that electrocutes and knocks out the rem remaining members. Mm -hmm. So Peter works to save Aunt May and Gwen, telling them to get away as the goblin gets back up, and everybody's kind of aware that Spider-Man is not doing well. So he tries to go back up and wake up Johnny, who's like, all right, I'm going to help. I'm going to help so much. And so he does a Nova Blast into the Goblin, and the Goblin just absorbs all the power. And Peter's like, shit, I should have woken up Bobby, because mm -hmm. ice against fire is better. And so he tries to be like, uh, alright, well, you know, if you kill me, nothing's going to go back to normal. You're still going to be wanted and hunted down. And the Green Goblin's like, I don't want to have things go back to normal. <laughs> And go back to being a scientist. I want to kill Spider-Man. Which He's like, well, fair enough. Yep. So, MJ appears, though, and drives a truck into the Green Goblin. Peter helps her get out of the rubble, and they kiss again, before he shoots webs and tosses her into safety as the Green Goblin crawls out ranting that God, that God wants him to die. So Peter's like, well, you know what I'm going to do? He picks up the smashed truck and slams it into Norman before the truck explodes. And then MJ and Johnny go to check on Peter as they're waiting for emergency services to come. And MJ is like, why did you do it? Or no, and Aunt May is like, why did you do it? And he's like, I couldn't save Uncle Ben, but I could save you. And then he dies. And in the wreckage that the Green Goblin is in. The dead Norman Osborn is smiling. He got what he always wanted. A happy ending. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, at the White House, Gregory Stark reports on everything to the president, including Fury's secret actions, which he claimed was because Nick Fury ultimately planned a coup to become the president of the United States. And Gregory also implicates that Carol Danvers is involved because he's been poring over their files. And the president's like, well, I find nothing suspicious that you know all this information about the two former heads of S.H.I.E.L.D. who should be in charge. So I guess now you're going to be the head of S.H.I.E.L.D. and also the Ultimates. And also at this time they didn't know that Ultimate Spider-Man died. It's never addressed for the rest of the series, really. Yes, it is. Is it? Mm-hmm. Maybe I breezed through it too quick. So the Ultimates, uh, meanwhile, are hanging at Tony's apartment to decompress. Tony donated $10 million for Thor to talk like a modern person. Which, which was a, fair, a fun gag. Mm -hmm. I think it's more of, hey, Mark, we forgot that Thor is supposed to talk old time. And he's like, I got it. Oh, I got <laughs> it. And Monica Chang is like, you know, my husband slept with every woman in my life. But I don't think he's evil enough to do a coup. I think this is a setup. 
And meanwhile, on to the be account, fair, those are two different types of bad. I guess. On the helicarrier, Gregory has Nick Fury in custody and reveals that he was behind everything, and he sent Fury and Carol to fight one another, and he wants to show up his brother Tony and has gone to set up super-powered revolutions across the globe to overthrow dictators so everything is under his control. And then he has Nick Fury get shot. But we then flash back to the whole stuff with Tyrone when he was hypnotized by Blade, and Nick Fury found out where the Hulk pills were kept, and then he killed Tyrone. So when Nick Fury gets shot, he transforms into a Hulk, and that's when Blade... Jim Rhodes, Hawkeye, and the Punisher show up, and they're also Hulks, so it's a bunch <laughs> of big boys for big boy season. With, and Greg's uh, like, with, yeah, with Greg Stark being like, oh no, the fucking jocks are out to get me, the lonely nerd. <laughs> and then he's like, ah, just kidding. And he presses his belt for the emergency, and a rocket shoots up, and it says, help. And then, no, he does not actually get pummeled. He uses a nanite force field and the force that he releases causes everybody except for Nick Fury to fall off of the helicarrier. Mm-hmm. Which is very unclear. Because it's like, why didn't Fury also fall off if he is also a big boy during big boy season? Who's to say? And meanwhile in North Korea, the super revolutionaries have started appearing, led by the spider who was really inconsequential in the first two issues. Of, mm-hmm. Or the first two Ultimate series. And in Iran, the same thing is happening, and the Ultimates are like, we don't know what to do. There's a revolution going on. They're going to overthrow these dictatorships that are evil. And while they have superpowers, we don't like dictators? I'm, I'm so confused. Captain America, do you know what to do? And Captain America's like, for the first time ever, I don't know what to do. And Tony sees the super revolutionaries, and he's like, brother, what am I supposed to do? And Gregory is like, uh, yeah, you're not allowed to go in there because it's superpowered people who want democracy and who now have superpowers to topple dictatorships. And the UN won't give us authority, so we have to wait. And then they're just like, oh, wait. Gregory Stark is behind all this stuff because the bulky Hulk boy <laughs> Avengers showed up and told us that. So this overthrowing of a communist dictatorship in North Korea is not legitimate. Let's go murder a bunch of freedom fighters. That means and so, what we're doing is going to be legal. And then all of a sudden, you just see Captain America getting a mild chub. Because he knows that he can put down some freedom. Yeah, so the Avengers, who are all hulky bulk... Are all <laughs> bulky Hulk boys and the Ultimates go to North Korea to overthrow the revolution. And Gregory is like, ah, oh, shit, I've got to deal with this. And Thor tries to hit Gregory with Mjolnir when he teleports into North Korea. And he's like, yeah, that's not going to do shit to me. Look, I have Mjolnir now. And he smashes Thor with it and then breaks Captain America's shield, which really doesn't have a lot of impact for what it's supposed to be. I agree. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to overthrow all these shitty dictatorships so we can have democracies installed in this country. And I want to make the world better. And I want it to be better than Tony could ever have. Because Tony, my brother with cancer, you really suck. And Tony's like, well, you know what you didn't prepare for? An EMP. 
and he EMPs and he's like, all right, we got 15 seconds to take him down. Thor, are you ready? And then Thor just hits him with a lightning bolt, killing Gregory. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I thought thou wantest me to stop thine brother. And Tony and starts to like, cry because he's just like, yes, I wanted Cap to like punch him and knock him out. <laughs> yeah. And meanwhile, because all the superheroes at the Triskelion did nothing, Iran actually had a successful super revolution and now they're going to be people who are pro-American leading Iran mm-hmm. and are fine with the Triskelion being there. Which is very weird. Like, once we get to the end, I, I, I gotta talk about how fucking weird the politics are for this thing. That's because yeah. S.H.I.E.L.D. was fine with it because they, at the end of the day, they did not want to have to try to figure out how to remove the Triskelia. Yeah. So, afterwards... And now, Carol... bam, problem solved. Mm-hmm. And so, afterwards, Carol and Fury meet for dinner, and Carol finds out that, she, that she's being forced to resign... Because on top of everything else, also Spider-Man, a teenager, died on her watch. It's like, really? That's that's the straw that broke the horse's back. You let random teen die. Mm-hmm. Fury's like, I never let a random teen die. I had them killed, but I didn't let them randomly die. And I kept it secret. Monica Chang, meanwhile, gets promoted to being the second-in-command of Nick Fury's new S.H.I.E.L.D. and will be the head of the Avengers. The Punisher got to kill and torture everybody at San Quentin. Tyrone Cash's family received a large pension. Blade was given Deacon Frost, and Monica's like, yeah, I'm kind of suspicious of how much of this that Fury set up. And then later, Nick Fury is building a, a new Triskelion in New York City, and he's like, yeah, I'm back in control. That's S.H.I.E.L.D. All of America's enemies, fuck you. I can do what I want. I'm back on top, motherfuckers. Whoop, whoop. And that's when Captain America became an actor starring in his new film, Jingo Unchained. Jingo? Yeah. Oh, oh, oh I see, I see. It was a yeah, fun I play mean, on words, Luke. Yeah. Well, there was also like a brief one-sentence mention of actor Samuel L. Jackson being arrested because they thought he was Nick Fury. Yeah. But yeah, uh, the end politics are very weird because all the Ultimates and the Avengers decide that just because there's outside influence in a revolution, that completely invalidates a revolution. Yeah. Like, that's not great. Ba basically, it's a, oh no, someone's running a coup. That means we need to stop this coup from being run. <laughs> mm-hmm. We need to stop what well, we need to stop others from doing what we would normally do. This isn't a one hundred percent organic revolution, so we have to stop it. We have to label it as terrorist activity. I mean, I also feel like part of it is we never really understood what Gregory Stark's ultimate goal was. He was like, "Yeah, I wanted Triskelion in every country to ensure world peace," but it's like. I don't think that necessarily means he wants to be in control. He wants to democratize the countries and make a better alliance. I I don't have enough 
knowledge of his ultimate plans to be like, yeah, this is 100% bad, considering that, like, the United States had a hand in creating a lot of the dictatorships and enemies of the countries uh-huh. that he was setting revolutions in. So... Basically, was Gregory Stark the true hero that was put down? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you know, Mark Millar isn't a law around anymore to answer those sorts of dumb questions. Stop doing it. Stop thinking about it. You got to hear, see heroes fight. Mm-hmm. And they won the day. Everything is great. The devil comes in the form of snakes. Uh, but yeah, so we have two stories to rank this time. The first is Ultimate Spider-Man 156 through 160. The Death of Spider-Man. And, uh, yeah, how do you feel about this one? It's going to be very high, Luke. All right. I I do think it holds up better than some of the others, but I don't know if it's our best one. That's fair. I think it's better than Ultimate Clone Saga. Yep. Which is at number four, but then we have our top three, which is More Than You Bargained For, the first Ultimate Spider-Man annual. Ultimate Spider-Man uh, 54 through 59, Hollywood, and Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends. I don't think I can put it above Hollywood. I would agree with that. So our new number three on our list is Ultimate Spider-Man 156 through 160, The Death of Spider-Man, which knocks out Ultimate Spider-Man Double Trouble. Out. Of the top ten. We then have Ultimate Avengers versus New Ultimates. And yeah. Uh, I don't think it's better than Gods and Monsters. I would agree. I don't think it's better than Death of a Goblin or Tainted Love. Uh... I can put it above Ultimate Comics Captain America and right under popular. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with that. So then our new number 20 is Ultimate Avengers versus New Ultimates numbers 1 through 6. Which is also subtitled Death of Spider-Man, but there's no other volumes of this, so it don't matter. Nope. And yeah, that uh, wraps up this era of the list. We are at 149 comics, so whatever we rank next will be our 150th ranked story. Uh, but do you know what we're covering next time, Devin? Is some Fallout, Luke? It looks like we are going to be covering all of Ziggy Pig. Oh, no. Nice. Uh, no, uh, next time we are going to be covering... Ultimate Fallout 1 through 6, and Ultimate Comics Spider-Man Volume 2, numbers 1 through 6. As we get ready for the next era of the Ultimate Universe. It's time for some Miles Morales. Mm Mm-hmm. So... Spoiler alert. Yeah. So, speaking of Miles, I, I really didn't remember how this went... How do you feel about this death compared to the death in Spider-Verse of Peter Parker? Oh, um... 
I mean, this one actually, I will say, I actually felt, as I reread the entire series again, it does feel a little bit rushed. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like it was maybe too much of him sort of sacrificing or trying to protect people he directly knows. Like, I, 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 I understand that's sort of the point, but I, like, I liked in the Spider-Verse movie where it's, He's trying to protect one person who he doesn't know just because he sees that value in them. And it's the whole anyone can be a Spider-Man, so mm-hmm. you have to protect everyone. Well, that and he was going to destroy the universe, but... Mm-hmm. Do that too. <laughs> but more directly, more directly, I mean, him versus the Goblin. Yeah. How do you feel about spicy, flaming Hot Cheetos Goblin? Uh, he's fine. Do you prefer him or... Well, I can't even say classic 616 version because now Storm and Norman is like a symbiote or a, he's a carnage boy. Yeah, he is. I mean, if we're talking about it compared to like the original like OG Norman, I do still think I like OG Norman more. Mm-hmm. Hope Norman was yeah. at least... That one was at least a fun twist, but... Mm-hmm. It's me, it feels very reminiscent of like... The 2000s. Fair enough. Well, uh, yeah, uh, we did not get any questions in, but I am excited to go and kick off this next arc that we have going. Because uh, we were going to be done with this in like January, at the end of January of next year. So we have a lot coming. Yeah, we do. Johnny and Hicks. I mean, Mm-hmm. Ooh, and in November of this year, we've got the Eternals. Devin, aren't you so excited to see the Eternals? Yes. We're not getting uh, the Eternals, Luke. That got put, pushed back. Yeah, but we might have to go and do a special for Black Widow. Okay, yeah, maybe. <laughs> I feel bad for Black Widow. All of her toys are already in the clearance section at Target. <laughs> Yeah. Like, that's and, uh, what yeah, happens it, when it's always fun movie tie-in toys for a movie that never came out. Yeah, they're doing it with two uh, movies with female Asian leads. Mm-hmm. Yes, because the Mulan toys are also in some clearance sections, if they had any. <sighs> yeah, I can't believe Disney's like, yeah, we want to have you pay $30 for it for oh, an undefined like, period of rental. It's just like, uh, no, I will yeah. not be doing that. Well, that's my other thing, too. Just like, it was one of those, I was going to go see it when it came out, but I also wasn't super excited. Yeah, I think that's the other thing I've seen a lot of people talk about. They're at their sort of Marvel saturation point. Where it's like, yeah, you're you're coming up with a character who we wanted a movie for like five years back. Oh, are we talking about Black Widow or Mulan? Black Widow. Oh no, I would I would have gotten out to see Black Widow. I, I was excited for Black Widow. Oh yeah, no, I've not seen any of the Disney. No, I saw L- Jungle Book, but that was when I had the. Uh, I did not see that one. Gateway Pass. It was very lifeless. Nice. Yeah, uh, I 
My problem I with the Black Widow. My problem with the Black Widow one is everyone tries to blame like Kevin Feige for being like for and like Marvel for not putting out like a female superhero before. Mm-hmm. But it's just like if you actually go back and like read interviews, Scarlett Johansson did not want her own film. No, she no, wanted to. Sh- she wanted to show up, do the small parts in the team up films to get her big paycheck, and then just continue doing her own movies. Yep, and now she's replaced by an actress who doesn't need, or who needs the money more. Yeah. Yay. So yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, I. But you got what's his name in it? I'm excited for that. Oh. Yep, from Stranger Things. Yeah, Hopper. Yeah. And Rachel Weisz. Actually, I really, I'm actually way more excited about the surrounding cast. With Florence Pugh, mm-hmm. Rachel Weisz, and uh, David Harbour. That's his name. Mm-hmm. Davy Harbs. Yeah. Well, uh, Devin, where can people find he you needs, He needs a good comic book movie after the disaster that was Hellboy. Yeah. Uh, you can find me online at Fred O'Fett. That's F-R-E-D-D-O-F-E-G-T. And Luke, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at @coltreg. That's K O L T R E G. And uh, yeah, that's that's the important thing. Multiversal Q is on every other week. We'll be doing our next episode in two weeks. We also hope to be back with the Nicholas Cage podcast next weekend. Yeah. So I look forward to that. Devin, it's getting close to eleven, so you know what that means for me. Uh, time to go to the bathroom, Luke. Yes, it is. So we will see you all next week. Have a good one. Peace.